We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Jack Ramsey, Danny Barang, Brandon Sprague, off looking at something on his phone. Uh, welcome in. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you all for being here. It is a wonderful, wonderful time. I hope you guys all had a great holiday weekend and that everything is going stupendous. And it looks like it might have just blown out Brandon's audio. Are you there, Brandon? Yes. Can you hear me? There we go. I, okay. my, my readings all went flat all at once and I went... Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> New Year, same us. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Do all of the things. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. We hope that you, uh, during whatever holiday pe- period you had, uh, you gave the gift of Jack Ramsey's. Yes. I hope everybody was able to share. Uh, have a good and safe holiday. Uh, got things you needed or wanted and able to give people things they needed and wanted. It is good to be back, Danny. Uh, did is. you we do anything special? Um, if by special you mean I was kept away from sports during Christmas Day, then yes. You didn't get to watch any NBA or NFL? It was tough, tough task. Not, not for about seven hours. Was, uh, so my in-laws, who, whom I love, whomst I love, are very traditional. Like everything turned off. The TV is turned on, but it's turned on to a fireplace. And yeah, that's that's the look that I had. I was like doing this on my phone. I'm watching the Raiders win. Like, yes, yes. Were you like yes. telling your were you telling your mother in law like Barb, great potatoes. <laughs> I gotta hit the head again though, and you just go in there for no, fifteen minutes. They they know. So they just, they, they just I just had it on mute. And my, meanwhile, my father in law's like, what's the score? <laughs> what are we doing traditional Christmas for? Well, that's my, I, I, exactly. Um I, I told my wife, I'm like, we need to pop out the kid next year. So we start new traditions at the house. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do tradition. I go, no, the tradition in our house is the TV is going to be on the whole time. <laughs> Sports no. will be on. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I grew up like NBA Christmas is like, yay. Right. And then now, yeah. you know, it was. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunately been stolen by the National Football League. Yeah, did uh, you see the ratings on Christmas Day? I believe your Raiders chief game had 27.2 million and combined with all the NBA games, like doubled it. Yeah. 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 Turns out Raiders and Chiefs fans still very much a big part of the game. I actually got kind of mad. I I love the NFL. I'm not wearing a Niner sweater right now, but I just, me and you, I think are the same. Like I grew up Christmas day, NBA, NBA. basketball. Get the hell out of here, NFL. 
that's kind of how I view it. And I get that we're a football first country, but come on, man. Like nothing is sacred anymore. No, it's not. I had to do a little note because I now have this Blazers hoodie. um, And I have not. I think this is the first piece of team gear that I've gotten since I did Outsiders. Mm -hmm. And I, I do try to avoid wearing team gear because I cover the team when I was doing outsiders. It's like, I'm not technically an employee of the team, but I, I am, but you're on the network. And yeah, like, yeah, no, I mean, and and to be, I want to be totally fair. Um, the blazers sent me a ton of stuff. Like they, they hooked me up and I was always incredibly thankful for it. Like I would get a box full of gear every year. Um, and I thought that was absolutely awesome. But with all of that, um, I've tried to kind of avoid that. And, um, was it Friday? I had. Uh, did you see the Jordan brand Christmas sweater I had? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I got another one. Somebody else gave me the tan version of it, and <laughs> I ended up having a kid run into me with an ice cream at the arena. And did you murder the kid? I wanted to. <laughs> wanted to, and I mean, I just stickied up the whole shoulder. Oh, to the dude. bathroom and I tried to rinse it out, tried to rinse it out. So I had this giant wet spot on this tan shirt, dried it out, dried it out, came back. No, it was still sticking to me, still sticking to me. And I'm like, we know what that looked like. It was bad. Yeah. But it was, it was dark. It was, it was a dark spot. It was just, oh, okay. So, but it was nasty. It was like matting the, the, the wool together. You got to get to the dry cleaners when yes. that happens. It was, there's no saving it. Mm. So I was like, well, crap. All right. So I was like, I have a decision to make. I can either look like the dirtbag radio guy with a nasty, sticky ice cream sweater, which is a viable option. Everybody would yeah. be mad. Nah, dirt, it's dirtbag Danny. All right. Right. Or I can go up to the team store and be the media guy wearing team gear. And then the shirt stuck to me one more time. And I went, team gear it is. <laughs> you know what, though? You went kind of nondescript team gear. The most, honestly, I went for the most like low key thing I could find. And I was hoping, so this is just the, the dry fit hoodie. I actually have the sweats to match this that are not the team ones. It's like I actually yeah. had the exact same set. But I was wishing they had the, um, so the team issue only, they have this same design, but it's in tech fleece. Mm, I'm not a tech fleece guy. Really? I know. Yeah. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all Anthony Simons wears, by the way. No, I, I he know. Has, I, he has 40 different versions of tech fleece. It's Him insane. and Giannis, they love tech. Fleece. Ant has a special. So Ant's doing so good now. He's a Nike guy that he yeah. has he he has some special Nike tech fleeces. Yeah, but he, I'm I'm he was very weird. proud. I'm, he was very proud of them the other day. What I'm telling you is I'm weird <laughs> and I'm like I don't like layers. Like when I put a sweatshirt on, even like this sweatshirt, I like put it on and I have to shake it on because I hate the feeling of covering my body with layers. And tech fleece, the inside of it is not oh, I love this. It. So it's not oh, yeah. it's, it's not as soft. And it just I don't know. It's I'm always uncomfortable oh, when I wear tech a, fleece. So you're a weirdo about this. I, I'm so, a big weirdo. Are, are you t shirt underneath or no? Uh I have a t yeah, I, okay. but it's like a minimal thin yeah, t shirt yeah. is what I will wear. I didn't I didn't know if you're one of those sickos who's like just wears hoodie with nothing underneath. Uh, no, I'm not quite that bad. Okay. But I am very picky of what I put on my skin. I'm like weirded out by it. I don't know how to explain it. But um, hey, we're back. It's 2024. Sorry, my, my, minor squirrel moment there. That's okay. It, that that's what the podcast is about. Is those squirrel moments. We I did want to kind of bring something back. We got a mailbag to get to today. We got some trade stuff to dive into today. 
But I want to start the show. We had a mailbag question on our last pod that basically asked us to predict the last four of 2023. They had a two, they had a four-game stretch going into the new year. And I know they played Phoenix. That game doesn't need to count in our minds because we know what happened. Blazers closed the 2023 with a two and two stretch, Danny. Wins over Sacramento and San Antonio. Scoot's been playing well as of late. Uh, I we knew that they were going to struggle win loss wise. To me, it's not necessarily about wins and losses. But what have you made of their play? Sands maybe the Phoenix game. And if you want to throw Phoenix in, you can. Booker only had ten points, and they still lost by twenty points. Yeah, what, did, what have you made of their play? I would say right now that Devin Booker was like ninety percent Hennessy yesterday. <laughs> Man had a BAC of one. Yeah. That New Year's was still emanating from him. This is like Zach Collins on his 21st birthday in New York. I'll never forget that game. Oh, poor Brooke. Brooke interviewed him pregame. and On the baseline, right? He, yeah, I he remember was that. oozing vodka. Just, I would imagine. Just green. He wasn't hungover. He was still drunk. Like that, that poor kid. Evan Turner took him out and ruined him. Oh, man. Ruined him. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke's standing there getting like a contact. Oh, no, she's like this, like, Dak, how you doing? It's like, oh, we got to go out there and, you know, we just got to put our stamp on the uh, game. Uh. <laughs> and then they proceeded to play like absolute dog shit. And it they was. They got housed in that. Oh, that, that was when Terry almost got fired. Yeah, I remember that, that road game. trip. They had what one more game left, and basically they lost that next game. Terry was probably gonna get canned. <laughs> get the Nate McMillan treatment. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Devin looked like he was he was fighting it, fighting some demons for sure. Um, the Blazers just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. They came out, and I, I thought they came with the the right energy. I thought they came with the right intensity. That first quarter, they go up 21, 29-20, um, and then they just couldn't hit a damn thing. Uh, a big part of that is, you know, Shea was coming back, and boy, did he look bad. He did not look oh, ready. He, I mean, coming off that injury, he hasn't been doing a ton, but it seemed like he was just in a in a slog. Like, yeah. Maybe they, did, maybe they needed to get him through a whole practice first or find something like – there was a couple of loose balls and like I I don't I'm not gonna go full Hoosiers like hit the floor but he was just like right. nah I'm not interested in that yeah you know what I mean and it was like oh, oh I know what you mean there was there was probably three or four of those possessions where I was like dog Shay really Chauncey yanked him on yeah. the, on the first time he was out there he was only out there for like three minutes and I was like yeah that's about right um, that happens he's still 20 years old he's not 21 until May you know those kind of things happen. Uh, what to me has been most important over the last couple of weeks is Scoop putting it all together. And I mentioned this on the radio today. As great as it is to see Scoop put stuff together on the floor, it's I think it's it's more fun for me personally to see him put it together off the floor in the sense of when he was struggling, you could just you could sense it. You know what I mean? You could you could see he he was trying to be like Yeah, you know, I uh it is what it is. You know, it's a tough night, but I just got to put the work in. Put the work in. He just kept saying, you know, put the work in. Like, every time we had talked to him on record, it was put the work in. You know, the work will show. And I was like, that's true to an extent. Brother, you were 19 years old. Yeah. It's okay. Like, allow yourself to have have that, like, I don't know, that vulnerability. I, isn't that hard? I mean, I think it's hard it is. at that it's age. It's super hard to have. Like, 
but I also think he's got a, a super advanced EQ. Like I, I think he has that, and that's what kind of makes him special in the interviews and his charisma and his ability to project that confidence. And you started to see a little bit of that as his confidence started to come back. I'm not going to go into what he did or didn't say uh, off the record, but he, you could just see him starting to show a little bit more. And it was like, ah, there it is. There it is. Like, there's that confidence. And you started to see it come up in his play. That pass to Matisse. I, I mean, the, unbelievable oh dime. my God. I screamed. In, at, so in did I. Time. I was on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Gunderson and Hyken, I was in between both of them. We, we did the, like, hands across each other. Oh, no! You know, kind of a thing. Where it was just like, that pass was batshit crazy. Like, that's basketball I, savant. Like, that's Zach Galifianakis processing the numbers shit in real time. Oh, yeah, doing the math. And it was just Dude. like, yo, he broke the matrix right there. I don't oftentimes, Danny, watching games, I don't oftentimes feel the need to do my worldwide wob. But, like, the, I was so struck by that pass. The helicopter was like, spinning. Yeah. I was like, where's the remote? And I rewound it, and I rewound it, and I'm like, I have my phone next to my TV. I'm like, I gotta watch this again, yeah. and I just rewound it, recorded it. I'm like, I gotta put this out in the universe, like that. And and I, by the way, somebody actually had the stones to reply. I made this pass three times and pick up last night, but okay, Scoot. And I was just like, prove it, bro. That pass is next level. He threw it, it to an empty he, spot on the floor. He threw it like, to an empty. He led a guy, yeah. and he he, pat, he passed the guy open. Yes, he passed the guy open, which you don't yes. see in the NBA very often. Uh, guys, well, I'm like, going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm putting you on the spot here, and I, I'm not trying to like comp. No, no. But like, I was really rattling my brain. Have I ever seen Dame make a pass? No, 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 no. Look, like look, that. I've, I've, I'm on the record of saying this. I, I, I firmly believe Dame is the better player by. Sure. Galaxies. Yes. No. We're, I'm not getting into yeah, the yeah. debate here. I but just the that thing, pass specifically. The thing that Scoot has, the special it, and we talked about this. When we're like, he would go number one in other drafts. This. This is why he's a special creator as a passer. Right hand, left hand, on the move, on the bounce, live dribble. He he is a very creative passer. Now, can he elevate to? Luca, Lamelo, Jokic, Trey, like those are LeBron. Mm -hmm. Those are your five best passers in the NBA right now. Like not only can they make every pass either hand on the move in traffic, they have a they have a savant like idea and feel feel for where to go with the ball. And over the last two weeks, you've seen Scoot throw more of those passes than he threw the rest of the season. Yes. He's thrown some hook passes. He's thrown some like pull up one hand and rip passes. He threw a lob the other night um, that caught, uh, it was against Phoenix. He caught mm -hmm. Baji off guard. Yes. Baji's like, oh shit, lob? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like he's just, he's starting to peel back the confidence of like, yeah, I, I've got this in my bag. Uh, comments are saying Tyrese Halliburton. Halley's right there, too. Halley's, Halley's a great Halley, passer. Halley's yeah. probably number six in the list. I would put him higher, but the other guys have been doing it longer. That's the only caveat I would have to that. Halley's a very creative passer. Um, shout out Caitlin Cooper, 
who has highlighted um, how he kind of broke the matrix when he's very different in the sense that he makes jump passes basically more than anybody else. The thing you're not supposed to do. It's a huge no-no in basketball, by the way, yeah. doing that. Like, and he just he's that's just who he is. He has to pass that way a lot. Yeah, exactly. And, th- and another comment here is from Aiden. This is the other pass I was going to make that Scoots passed to Tumani in the paint against the Spurs, where he on the on the cut it was just like, <laughs> okay, so we're just doing this normally now. Well, what I wanted to ask you though, like I was thinking about this too in watching these games, and I I, I get guys like some of these games. They're losing, and they've been blown out a couple times. Like, okay, we, I understand that. But, like, in the developmental part of Scoot, like, we all knew physically he was ready. And what it's crazy is watching him put this together. Danny, like, I watched him just straight steal the ball yesterday before they were getting, like, really run off the court. He just stood his place, stood his ground, and I forget who it was, but they just dribbled right into him, and he didn't move because he's so thick. Like, He's bigger than most of these guys. He's 19 years old, oh, yeah. and he just ripped the ball away. He goes up court, and, man, when he moves physically, he looks like a 10-year vet physically. Mm-hmm. And that's the I'm, thing I'm, is he's, he's trying to find, like, how to take that, that ability and translate it into, like, a useful skill. And that's what it feels like I'm watching is, yep. like, a guy that it's, like, little certain bit. elements of it are clicking in his brain. Yeah. I asked him seeing that growth. I asked him the other night to try to get him to open up just a little bit on that. And I go, I asked him, what was, I'm trying to remember the exact question. What's something specific that you're able to see and recognize now that you weren't at the beginning of the season? And he's like, hmm, that's a good question. Let me think for a second. And he like, that's like, Scoot has this thing that I think he wants to answer your questions very, very, very quickly. And when he slows down like that, it's like, okay, let me let me analyze this. Like, even on the floor, it's kind of an issue, like where he moves too quickly. Taking that second and go, okay, let me analyze this and then give you something. And that's part of the maturation. It's part of the, what I, kind of what I was talking about, like that maturation through that of understanding, okay, I'm being asked this. Let me think about this in this way. And he thought about it for a second. He goes, kind of nods his head. When the defense is loading up, I'm recognizing when the defense is loading up to keep me from getting to the paint. And I, and I followed that up with, like, what, so what does that mean to you? And he's like, well, I understand I need to do this instead of this. Mm-hmm. And, like, those are, like, the little things that I go, well, so what's changed? He goes, reps. Just understanding. Reps. Just seeing the coverage just has see, changed, like, huh? And, yeah, and that's and – I, I think I've said this probably a hundred times now. Damien has told me countless times. It was not until year three – that he knew what teams wanted to do to him and how to counter it on an and I, basis. Let me let me throw in there though. The only thing that surprised me a little bit. Nineteen years old, you've you've documented it's well documented uh, by you about like the history of the league with these guys at this age and like really what they're it just means. not good. It, they're just not good. Yeah. yeah. What surprised me just a little an incy be uh, an incy bit is. Being in the G League for the two seasons, I just would have thought, even though it's the G League, little things like that would have maybe stuck out to him or or made him a little more prepared for it. Again, I, I'm speaking maybe a little out of pocket here, but I that like that kind of thing. I love to hear the admission on it. Mm-hmm. I love to see the development of it. But I was I'm a little surprised just to hear that just because he played in the G League. So I would have thought stuff like, like little NBA nuanced things like that. 
maybe would have been more familiar, but it is a different league entirely when you go from it, there. It is, there. and because guys are coming and going all the time, you don't have the continuity. And I don't want to take away from the G League because it is huge. But there is a sense of, like, sometimes you just have to roll the ball out. And you just plan and kind of pick up basketball to a certain extent, right? So, uh, Hyken, let me give a quick shout-out to our, our homie Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report, does a great job. He has a really good piece on uh, on his website, rosegardenreport.com, uh, a Substack on Baji, and he kind of highlights Baji being kind of the mm -hmm. the beacon of the remix right now. And there's other, obviously, we got some other two-way guys that have come and gone. You've got Chris and Ryan, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like he he when you read it, my kind of takeaway was kind of what you just said there, of like there's an element of just straight pickup basketball because Moran well, Jim Moran and, has, has flat out said like some nights I have guys, some guys I don't, and like yeah. So Sean and I were there on Saturday, mm -hmm. and without Bonji and without Duop, like they didn't have any bigs after George Condit. So, so let's just go out and play. Well, Mo Harkless is playing the five, which was yeah. hilarious because, <laughs> so. Jim, I love like, that Mo's holding on, by the way, in the G League. I, I hear this as a coach. Mo, you're going in. And then I hear Jim go, you're at the five. And I can see, I hear Mo go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're playing Kenny Lofton Jr., who is 295 pounds. And he, yeah, he's, in he's his already, raw. He, he, he has already had, Mo has Come already on, played man. five for about eight minutes in this game, and it was against Kenny. And Kenny just beat the crap out of him. Yeah. And I was like, because Mo, Mo's 220, maybe. Mate, Mo's in great but shape. Mo he's is strong like as hell, a, but like a built two twenty. Yeah, but like he's he's solid, but he's giving up seventy pounds. Bro, Lofton's three bills. Come on, what are we doing here? He probably is. He probably what we, is. What we they haven't listed at two seventy five. Kenny's probably about three fifteen. They've been I, listing LeBron at like two thirty his whole career. It's like get the hell. He out was of over three hundred in Miami. Like, come on, I he saw. Was, I've been he was over. Next to that he guy. was over three hundred in Miami. It's so, ridiculous. Again, but Kenny Lofton is a big old boy. Yes, he is. And I, I kind of, I had to keep my. So I sit directly behind the coach's bench, like the players' bench, like the G League games. Um, we made an executive decision to do that, and they just didn't tell us no. <laughs> They're cool. Yeah, what are they gonna do? Throw you out? Yeah, they love us there, so it's great. Come on, uh, shout out the remix guys. They're all, all fantastic. Reggie, Hannah, uh, absolutely awesome. Um, but it's, it was funny to hear Moby like shit, <laughs> like <laughs> look. There's most thirty years old. He he's he's going full lethal weapon. He's too old for this shit. Like that man is a big old boy and having the, like. But that's like that's the ask sometimes in the G League. Yeah, that's the ask sometimes. So and that makes like, okay. That makes more sense. And that, you kind of like you have to kind of change things up. And sometimes yeah. you get guys called up. Sometimes you don't. And you're kind of in this spot. Like you're just like, I just got to figure it out. Yeah. Shout out Jim Moran and G League. They made a 13 point comeback in a minute 45, forced overtime and won in the Elam ending. That is unbelievable. A 13 point comeback in a minute, in a 45. minute 45. Bro, they pressing, going. It was fun. Jimmy was out there coaching his ass off. It was fun. I still need to get out to a remix game. Shout it out is, to remix. Uh, quick plug for the remix because uh, I always, always put on for my guys. Uh, you can get the end zone for five bucks. Every game. That's a great deal. It's insane. That's a killer deal. And you see a lot of the players that are, I mean, Baji's up there, obviously. Duop's hurt right now. Yeah, but I like, I think Baji's going back down. <laughs> why would he? He's put together some nice games here. When everybody comes back, maybe they send him down for a little seasoning. 
Okay. But I think Bonzi might have played himself into an NBA contract here pretty quick. Well, I want to ask you, I want to ask you quickly, and we'll get to the mailbag, trust me, and we'll get to a little trade stuff as well. Um, kind of getting off of, of, of the Scoot thing because Scoot's been awesome. The development's been great. Mm-hmm. Baji's been a great story. And Absolutely. I saw this from John Schumann at NBA.com, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wap Reith, in he, when he's played in his 305 minutes, the Blazers are 13.1 points better per 100 possessions. And look, I, Wap is a great story to me. I love the way he plays. What is it about him specifically to you that kind of, and it's a smaller sample size, but to that sample size sets them a little bit apart for what they're doing. It's interesting because their rebounding is down with him on the floor. Their shot blocking is down with him on the floor. Um, their steal percentage is up quite a bit. Um, the the on-off numbers with him on the floor, he's a plus 23.5. I, isn't if I'm if I'm if I'm wrong, correct me. Isn't he their best plus minus player? My brother in Christ, he is number one in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is in the one hundredth percentile. True or false? We have the two best centers in the NBA with Dwapri and Ibubaji. <laughs> so they were. Uh, the, Joe had no centers last year. And now he's all of the centers. Now we got all the centers in the world. So um, the Blazers front office has always kind of told me like what their ideal big is in the sense of like they would like somebody who sets good screens and either rolls to the rim or pops. Like it just kind of gets out of the way. Like that's – if you look at who they got, like DA's that kind of yep. guy. Yep. And, and when we were talking about the Dame trade, the thing that I kept, the drum that I kept beating that Miami fans did not pick up on, go get the Blazers a front court guy that sets good screens and rolls to the rim or pops and knocks down threes. It's under 25 years old. <laughs> Ta-da! And what WAP does is he sets very effective screens and he's a willing shooter and he shoots just good enough. Just good enough to break you. Uh, I think he's shooting, let me pull it back up. I think he's shooting like 36%. He's in the 90th percentile for threes among bigs. Attempts. My man is getting him up. Jeez. Uh, and he's shooting 37% from three. High volume, good percentage. Yep, and what that does, what that does, number one, you set a good screen. Now you've got Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp turning downhill into traffic with space. The defender is in lock and trail. Now, they may have gone under if it's Scoot, and Scoot can screen, rescreen, do some things. But if it's Ant, particularly, and you go under a screen, yeet, three. That, that's going to happen. If yeah. you're in lock and trail, now Ant has got the advantage, and he's playing downhill with a defender behind him. And what Ant has done so well this year is get to the rim and finish it, or either draw free throws or find that skip pass. And because it's WAP and his ability, his gravity as a shooter, it does hold somebody back. He's like, shit, should I get out? Mm -hmm. And like that, that thing makes That hesitation, yeah, changes everything. That gives them that, that, we've talked about this so much, this team is desperate for gravity. And uh, WAP is a hard worker and a hard screener. And if there's anything in DA's game that I would like to see, I would him being a more effective screener. We see him do it in spurts, mm-hmm. and you see what it does for the offense. Because if his, if, him being big and setting screens 
is a common thing, all of a sudden he's getting the ball more. It's it's very symbiotic like relationship. And with WAP, it's funny because he's listed at six eleven. Wop's about taller, shorter. Wop's about six nine. Yeah, Wop's about six nine. Love the guy. Um, he's thick. Like don't remember, yeah. Wop, Wop's solid as a brick wall. I'll give him six ten maybe. Okay. Great dude. Like th- there are two players in this team that I think everyone loves to see succeed. It's Wop and Baji. Yeah, they're it's the two ge- centers. It, they are genuinely two of the kindest humans you will ever come across. Yeah, like it's they're 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 fantastic. And we haven't talked about this yet because we had the break. Did you see the clip I I, I grabbed of Baji post game after the first Spurs game? When yeah, he had kind of the breakout where he said, "Yeah, Zach Collins better not come soft." Did you see what happened the next game when Zach yeah. Collins went after him? Collins got blocked, and then Collins got another one, and Collins like flexed at him. He went at him three times in a row, and the third time he got him and flexed at him, and then Jabari Walker came down and punked him and <laughs> in his face. By the way, Jabari developing is a little bit of a thorn in the side of teams, like being a little feisty. Lamar has mentioned this on the broadcast. It's fun. It's fun. I love it. And by the way, playing, I think playing really well, considering everything. It is, and that's that's kind of what this season is about, right? These little moments of development because they're not very good. Like they're on this road trip right now, and there's a very strong possibility they don't win a game. Every team they're playing is above 500 except for the Brooklyn Nets, and you're talking about OKC and Minnesota on a back-to-back and they're number one and number two in the in the NBA. You're 0-10 right now. Portland is 0-10 on the road against the Western Conference. They open the strip up with back-to-backs at Dallas, who is, by the way, desperate right now because they've kind of floundered a little mm-hmm. bit, so like they don't want to give any ground up. We don't know the status of Ant. Uh, we don't know the status of DA. I, I, you might... But like I think for the I'll, most part, I'll just say this: Da was not okay. with the team. Um, he's dealing with knee tendonitis. There's are swelling and stuff like that. So you want to make sure that stuff is okay before you, you join the team. I don't know if he's joined them yet, um, but I think that he might join them on this trip. And the same with Anthony. I think Ant mm-hmm. might join them on the trip here in the next game or two. Uh, if it's not in Dallas, I would say it's probably going to be in New York. Okay, but uh, Ant's been sick as a dog, and uh, Da's been fighting the knee tendonitis, and I saw him come out of treatment. Uh, they're definitely they're not tanking. <laughs> I'll say. Well, that. I mean, they're not very good, but yes, but yeah, it's they're not, like, they're not oh. holding guys out to lose games. Yes, I, uh, I, not- I will wager whatever amount of money you want to put on it. They were not doing that. Those guys were out because they were out. Um. One thing I wanted to talk about with you, I want to mention, we don't need to dive into the actual trade. I I actually saw your take. I was trying to, what was funny is I was trying to limit the end of the year being on social media. I wanted to recharge and then like new year, let's get it going. New year, then go ahead and jump into that toxic bath. I'm trying to like post and then get out. You know what I mean? Like, here you go, bye. Look, look, man, the the, uh, making fun of Barry Jackson tweet that I had, I fired that thing off. Mute. <laughs> I was going to say, you're probably still getting updates on it. You just don't know it. I don't care. That's don't great. Care. Don't You care. shouldn't care. New, um, New Year, don't care. But I, I saw <laughs> I saw your tweet, and I, I'm more kind of – I'm more curious because we agree on the trade, the OG Ananobi trade with Toronto, New York, RJ Barrett quickly. Yeah. A second-round pick goes to Toronto. They, in exchange, obviously, the Knicks get OG. And they win their first game against Minnesota. And Precious. And Precious, Achua, which, by the way, that's I know not, that's, that's, that's not nothing. 
Dude, I, one of my best friends for the longest time wore Tim Duncan jersey every day in high school. Like, every day. And I'm like, okay, you're a random Spurs fan. And then one day he's like, no, I'm a Knicks fan. And he never wore the jersey again. And, like, I'm, I give it to him. He stayed with the Knicks since, like, 2006. But weirdly a Knicks fan. And he goes, he was mad that they gave up R.J. Barrett. And I go, well, she's pretty good. And him and Hart at the same time, like, defensively could be a nightmare. And you got fresh Sachua. Like, that didn't even register for him. I wanted to kind of pick your brain. You had mentioned something pre-pod because we had talked about this. And there's some tea leaves in the league that trades are going to start, you know, popping up here. We're a month away. Mm -hmm. Malcolm, Tease. Uh, I don't, you know, you'd know better than me on the Jeremy front. Like, we got some vets on the team that people are wondering about out sure. loud. What you made of the trade in terms of how it looks for the league, maybe values or yeah. underrated values for the league, and where we're kind of standing with some of this stuff. So it's funny. I had uh, somebody from uh, the NBA front office say, hey, you know, have you heard anything? This is like, uh, I want to say four or five days ago. And I go, you know, only real smoke I'm hearing around is OG. But it wasn't OG going to the Knicks. It was OG going to another team. Mm. And, like, it was very it was very. No KC? Who was it? No. Uh, no. I, I'm, I'm not going to th- – then it's not Portland. Um, but there was noise around that. The Knicks had checked in, but I was like, eh, nobody's going to do anything right now. But it, it did get a little louder around OG. And I got a text from him after the trade. He's like, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> you know, it was like – yeah, I didn't think it was going to be the Knicks. Like that, that didn't. That was a that was a surprise. Isn't OG uh, the same agency as like everybody else CAA, in the organization? The CAA thing. Yeah, and there was there was rumors about that. And Joel Embiid has put his house up for sale, and he you know he's a CAA guy. So yeah, there's been plenty of notes around that. I mean, the 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 one that I've heard obviously is it's not state secret or anything. Is that the the Knicks have been chasing Cat for a while now, who's also a CAA guy. So sounded a good year too. Yeah. And I don't think the Timberwolves are going to make that move right now because they're, they're, they're playing too good. You can't change this up now. Like yeah. they have, they have to play this out and then go ride the, the wave until it goes down. Yeah. yeah. And then this summer you make a move before you have to pay Nas Reed, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns over a hundred million dollars combined. Mm. Um, but, and I again, real quick, I love Emmanuel quickly. I think he's going to be really good. I think Knicks fans give him a little bit more credit than he probably deserves because they're always like, "Well, his per thirty six numbers." And it's like, yeah, well, if it was his his per game numbers, they you know they wouldn't trade him because <laughs> if his per thirty six numbers were that, like he'd be better than Jalen Brunson. And again, yeah. I think quickly is going to be good. He is not SGA in disguise. I think he's going to be like on the point guard spectrum. I think he's like the very good version of Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. Like he's a better shooter, but he's a very good ball handler. Will run your offense incredibly well. Like he's the the hyper advanced version of that. But like that's not SGA or James Harden. Like coming off of like the Clippers or coming off of the Thunder. Like oh he's just free now. He's gonna get that. He's gonna be good. He's probably gonna be really right. good. But he's not that guy in my opinion. So the OG trade, the Raptors didn't get oh this incredible player in return. They got a good good player. Um. R.J. Barrett is objectively not good. There's nothing that he does that is good. He's below average at everything. And that's not me being an R.J. Barrett hater. That's just reality. If I go clean the glass real quick, we pull up his usage rate. He has been the lowest usage rate he's had in his career is the 86th percentile. The highest points per shot attempt is 39th percentile. With the, in the rest of his career, it has been 12th, 20th, 25th, and 24th. Remember, low numbers are bad. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, his effective field goal percentage as as a wing in the NBA, he's been in the 11th, 35th, 12th, 18th, and 14th percentiles. Not he what is, you want from the third pick in the draft. He has been in 19th, 24th, 15th, 24th, 15th percentiles, a rim finisher. A six foot seven wing with the ability to like have a big body and get downhill has been horrendous as a finisher. And if you look at his creation, you're like, ah, what does he really do? He's a low block percentage. He's one of the worst steal percentage guys in the league, and he's about average as a rebounder at the wing. So it's like they and also he's making a truckload of money, uh, twenty seven or twenty eight million per year on average for the next three years. So everything there, I'm like, that's not great. And I remember OGU's three first-round picks or uh, Shaden Sharp, Josh Hart, Nasir Little in a first. Like, this is my quick little spiel on this. Masai messed up. He messed up horribly, and they're going to get next to nothing for what they could have had they moved on from OG and Pascal when they should have. Yeah. That's that's the fascinating thing to me is watching the return for OG, given what... (laughs) the rumor was with Portland and yeah. him in the draft. And then, you know, for years, it feels like the Pascal thing's just been looming. And they're like, well, they want this, this, and this. And you're like, for, for Pascal Siakam, who's a they're, good player, not by going the way. To. And what's interesting about this is there's no first-round picks traded here. And even though this draft is not very good, what's interesting about this is because of the new CBA and how prohibitive it's going to be on the top end, there is a prevailing thought that first-round picks are becoming more valuable again. So, which is interesting when you consider that the Blazers, if they shop Matisse Thibault or if they they shop Malcolm Brogdon, what those kind of returns could look like. And do teams, instead of valuing picks going forward, do they value players more? Because if somebody has a good contract and they're a good player, or is that the new market efficiency? Like making sure you get guys locked in earlier on good contracts. Like, does that all of a sudden make more sense? Would you be shocked if we have movement here locally with some of the vets before the deadline? Like, are you are in, we're about a month away? Like, are I you think kind the of doing should, this? I think they're going to make at least one move before the deadline. No, no, no. At, like leading. Oh, into at the, the deadline. At the deadline. Yeah. Um, there's prior to the OG trade uh, canvassing the league. It was mostly just check-ins. It's from what I was told. Hmm. Was that? There's not a ton of things going on right now. Guys checking in. It's been pretty quiet. I would expect the the discussions to really pick up this week and really start to heat up in the next two weeks. Okay. So well, the rumor mill um, is going to start spinning pretty hard because, like I said, they're they're a month out as of what, um, Friday, I think Friday or Saturday. W- let me ask you this: uh, this kind of gets into the mailbag. This would be one of the first questions. Mm. Do you, when you look at Portland's situation specifically, is it just kind of Malk, Malcolm, or like what's your, do you think Tease is going to be involved the, here? The, the front office has, has been very explicit in their desire to not trade Jeremy Grant. I I would be shocked at Jeremy Grant That'd being That would be a moved. hell of a haul to move him. And that's the thing is who's giving that right now? Mm. Who's giving that right now? Jeremy's not stopping anybody from playing. No. And he's making it easier on guys like Scoot and Shaden. So, like, it's it doesn't make any sense to move on from him. Yeah. No, I if you can – I mean, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, but I look at the West and, like, L.A. is the 10th seed. Mm-hmm. 
LA seems like they want to make a move. The DeJounte Murray stuff is kind of out there. Atlanta's fallen. Levine, I don't know Levine they... seems to be the one. The offers for Zach Levine are non-existent. Well, they've disappeared. I mean, yeah. with the, what happened in Chicago, but um, I look at kind of the top and the bottom of the West, and I, you know, certainly want to give respect to Minnesota and OKC, hundred percent. Also, kind of feels like a weird year where like the right veteran team can go get this first time one two seed. Like these groups haven't been in this uh, position. And so, like, it's just kind of a weird thing, I think, to evaluate of who is going to be super active, who's going to kind of hang tight and just be good with who they are. It's early now, but yeah. I'm just kind of fascinated following some of the tea leaves of it. No, for sure, because you do look at an OKC team. Obviously, there's been a ton of smoke around them and Larry Markin and uh, whether or not they should make that move and then go to the playoffs and see what they have or whether or not they should go to the playoffs and then make the move in the summer. Um, I think I lean that, don't you? I think they should go into the playoffs and then see what they really need. See what you are, establish the guys, and then you got all your millions of draft picks and you can make your moves. And you've got plenty of guys you can move with. You've got, like, if, if you had to, you've, you can use Case and Wallace. You've got Lou Dort. Like, you, you've got Isaiah Joe. Like, you've got useful pieces that you can put into deals that make sense. Yeah, it's, it's sweet nice, pot. And as, as nice as it is to have those guys, your guys are Shea, Jalen, and Chet. Yes. Everybody else is expendable. Like that's giddy, yeah. Even if he did, even even if it didn't have the other stuff that's nasty around him, mm. he's the shine has fallen off him for basketball reasons too. Oh, like two he, years he, ago, I he, thought he was the real deal. And like he can pass, but that's apparently the only thing he can do. That's well, even if even if he can't pass on some things. Yeah, we will move on from that comment right here because we know what you're talking about. Uh, Evan M, any feeling or indication Shaden is going to be in the dunk contest? It's a good question because I am also curious about So this. I will be perfect and totally blunt. I have yelled at Shaden to get his ass in the dunk contest. Thank you. <laughs> Numerous times. I have told him flat out, if you enter this, you will win. What's holding him back, you think? Um, I think he still feels slighted. Not making year. the all rookie thing. Not the, the all rookie. The, the yeah, the rookie sophomore game. Yeah. Um. Them kind of like you know going. We're gonna put Mac McClung in this. Him being like, mm, bet. <laughs> I'd love to watch him beat Mac McClung personally yeah. in the dunk contest. I, I, like I've heard rumors of like stuff he has done behind the scenes, dunk wise. It in like in a quasi thought of like maybe we'll do this. And I went. He did what? Man. So yeah. I have I have I've made it my own personal because I did this with Ant. I, I I poked and prodded and poked and prodded and poked. Get your ass in the dunk contest and uh, shout out to Mara Baptist. Um, I go, hey, you know, Ant kind of wants to do the dunk contest, right? And she's like, really? Because so she Mara was running the the socials back then, and she's like, you're kidding me. And I was like, no, no, he wants to. And she's like, oh, perfect. And so she started like really laying into him too, like, oh no, you need to do this, you need to do this, and then he like. Going up there and kissing the rim, wah, great, great dunk, fantastic dunk. We need two Blazer champions within a span of like four years. That yeah. would be great. And to be honest, now that things are back and kind of like in full swing, I, the only person I think that could beat Shaden is Jaw. But Jaw's not doing it. And he's not going to do it. No. Jaw's not going to do that. But I wish he would take him on. It would be a lot of fun. 
I, you know, I'll be honest with you, not that he needs any advice from a guy who lives in Portland. Be good PR. That's I've, I've pushed that be angle. great PR, man. I was man. like, hey, man, you know, push a little bit of branding here. But mm. I, in, in all seriousness, I, I have I have flat out told him, like, I, I, I think you would win. I, I think it'd be great to get Shane. Genuinely, uh, not even a bias. Like if if he could, if 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 I didn't think he would be the f- favorite, I wouldn't tell him that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I I I think that if he gets in there, he'll probably be the favorite. He should be. He jumps yeah. like fifty inches. It's ridiculous. It's enough of this Mac McClung little white guy jumping. Look, Mac's a fun little story. But like, what is what is he doing there? He's not an NBA All Star. Not, not even in the NBA league. Play. Yeah, he's a G League player. Like, it, yeah. Uh, Charles asks, who will become an all-star first, Scoot or Shaden? Shaden has the better, easier path. Than Scoot? Yeah. Profile-wise, Shaden profiles as the scorer. But how big a leap does Scoot take next year and the year after that is kind of where I'm like debating who I pick here. Yeah, but again... I think Scoot's like his his player is we, we've talked about this is like supercharged Marcus Smart with like incredible passing. Like that's that's the kind of player I see him as. Does his position? I, I'm trying to evaluate to both way how they fit in in the West right now. The West is a bloodbath for guards. It and is it will be that way for a while. Like the next group up, you've got Anthony Edwards, you've got Jaw, you've got SGA, yeah, you've got Jalen Williams. Like, brother, the next group is here. Yeah, to break into that. I think you need to put up some pretty special numbers, and unless Scoot becomes like more Chris Paul, and he's a double double points and assist guy, which maybe he is. If he's like a. Uh, 19 and 10 kind of guy, and the Blazers are good in three years? Maybe. Maybe. But I think Shea's game lends itself more to the um, Shaden being like a 24 and 6 kind of guy. Sure. I think the other part of this, it kind of goes back to the first question too, right? Like, how much help does Shaden do for himself by going and doing a dunk contest and wowing the world and winning it? And yes, I, I think that's a part of it. Like it, it, it helps elevate his profile. Just a little thoughts. Uh, this one from uh, T. Give. Even with guys in and out of the rotation and having so much youth on the roster, team is floating around the middle of the pack in defensive rating with some more reps and time to gel. Do you think this is a young squad? Oh, do you think this young squad can mature to be a perennial top ten defense? As currently constructed, no. Yeah. No. But they're getting there. They show glimpses of it for sure. Sure. The consistency. That's, that's the thing. It's like yeah. you see even 19-year-old Scoot. Like you'll see a couple of good plays, and you'll see him look around like, what am I doing out here? Mm-hmm. Oops. You know, it happens. That's, like I've seen people get like completely sideways – about games or about individual possessions or this, that, or the other. And I'm not kidding when I said I have turned my brain off to that stuff. Like for this season, it's just turned off. I am not holding guys to that standard. Just I'm just not. There, there's just too many things between 
injuries and young players and trying to learn things and trying to put things together. It's just, I'm not, I'm not at that point. Will I call those things out? Hey, you know, we should probably, this guy, you probably hope to see a little bit better than this. Yeah. But I am not, how dare this guy get roasted on this possession? It's part of the process. Part of the process is a young guy's getting your ass kicked. Well, it's also like there's 82 of these and this mm-hmm. team isn't really that good and they're really young. It's like hard to really get wrapped up on possess- on single possessions in one game or multiple possessions even and, in one game. And yet. And I I know. Uh, this one from Ryan Robertson. Uh, what do you think the long-term solution is at guard? Ann has to play. Scoot has to play. Baby Kobe has to play. Come next season, what does the team Nothing. Nothing. By next season, nothing. Is Malcolm gone by then? Yeah. But beyond that, they're gonna it's they're gonna have a whole other season, I think, before they make that decision. Here's my only uh I guess counter question or point to it is I, I can't help in this scenario but play out Ant in that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like where he is at in his career. There's a lot of people catching on more and more and more by the day on this guy when he plays, given what he is doing production-wise. Yeah, scoring 27 a game on t- uh, 60% true shooting percentage. I, I can't, I'm not certainly not trying to speak for him with this, but it just that kind of player, if they're not, I mean, he's just good running this back all next. Like I just wonder like where that timeline is for him in his mind versus what the team expectation or thought is on that on that situation i don't think there's any hurry to move that and for those wondering ant right now is currently 95th in in usage rate and 87th or 95th percentile in usage rate 87th percentile in points per shot attempt so his usage rate is insane and his efficiency is insane he when you look at his his accuracy right now um he's about league average at the rim he's in the 75th percentile from three so, mm. And this is what the change in Ant is that last year he was in the 29th percentile for rim attempts. This year he's in the 58th percentile. He's getting to the rim more, taking less. Free throws are up too. And his free throw rate up is up drastically. It is nearly doubled. Yeah. So, and you look at what he has done this season. Um, let me reset my, my little tabs here. Um, as far as come on, get rid of the rookie numbers. I was, I was looking at scoots. Um, please pull it back up because I want to. Please, all season segments. Thank you. I hate this website. I, I just not going to work. Okay, screw it. Anyways, long story short, Anthony Simons has been really good on basically every single level, and the only thing that has really held him back is availability with his thumb and now being sick. So there we go. Ant is currently 10th in the league in scoring. I will say that again. Anthony Simons is 10th in the league in scoring. He is shooting 45-40-92. And we can think of how many teams that could use Anthony Simons right now. He's averaging 27-5-3. and Yeah, I know. And Yeah. I, 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 hope, I hope that you're right. I really do. He is so damn good. I just, I don't know what the timeline is for that, just given where he's at versus like what for they're sure. kind of waiting to evaluate is it's, all I'm saying. It's going to be interesting. And the comment says, how many steals does he average? He averages just one steal a game right now. The same as Jason Tatum. There you go. So. 
Uh, this one from Keegan. How do you think the growth of the young players has gone so far based on what you thought in the summer? Are we going to see more Murray and Rupert this season? And then he says, after the trade deadline. Um, I believe so, yes. Uh, Rupert has been doing a ton in the G League. Uh, that was 13, a, right? 13, 14 a game. Yeah, he's yeah I think four, he's having a pretty four, good run. 44% from three on like four or five attempts a game. Um, they've got him operating and picking rolls like Jim Moran is putting him in positions to, to, to test his limits. Uh, he had a rough outing against the Delaware Bluecoats there on Saturday. Um, just a couple turnovers and just, you know, stuff that, that happens. And um, I don't think the players care about that because they just want to get him reps because he's starting to show stuff. He covers so much space offensively, defensively. He's really learning how to use his physicality. Um, where he avoided contact. And, he, and I talked about the game on Saturday because it's, it's taken him a little bit of time to adjust to the American game. Um, and he is now understanding the physicality, of like how to use his body. Uh, he had a possession where he isoed above the break. Hezzy, hezzy, tween, tween. I mean, snatched a dude, drove, planted, reverse spin, bodied, switched, laid it up, and I went, oh, uh, okay. Because <laughs> this dude We're was doing dribbling. This now. Yeah, this dude dribbled the ball off his foot in Summer League. And it was like, there's a there's a confidence curve that is taking place. Um, so that's 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 a real thing. Chris Murray has talked about playing in the G League, helping his confidence. Obviously, Ibu Baji. Uh, I've, I've got the the video up from him after his kind of breakout game against the Spurs. His whole thing was like, now that I'm here, I need to find a way to stay up here. Yeah. So like there's that, that motivation is real. And again, Bonzi's only 21 too. He's, he's a little, he's a little baby. Um, but you take a look at where they are. This is, I know we always try to like downplay as Brandon, but this is almost exactly kind of what we talked about. Yeah. It's almost exactly what we talked about. And, Shea started to really show growth before he started getting banged up. Uh, I talked about Ant. I said if Ant averaged 25-5 and five this year, it would not shock me in the least bit. I said probably 27-5. It's literally what he's averaging right now. It uh, should, I, I know sh- Scoot's numbers are pretty close to the same numbers we talked about. 13 like and, and, 13 and 5 was like yeah. that's the world that you expect him to live in and I, yeah. I I think he might hit that remember I said the if, if anything changes I think it'll be the assists like I think you'll see like a 13 the four and 7 some change right now right on average huh I think he's at four and some change on average yeah. for his last this, like, last month last month now he, in month of December he's 15 5 and 3 yeah on a 40 35 85 you know by the way quick quick point on that even though mm-hmm. we already talked about Scoot the stepping dribble and stepping into a three. Yes, the off the dribble stuff has been significantly better the last two weeks. And I just want to highlight this because I want to give the kid credit. It's both credit. Yeah. It's both credit and lunacy. So uh, I think Sean's reported on it too, but he's had a couple of poor shooting nights at home, and then he after the crowd has left, he has gone back out there and like worked on his game. So he had a, a poor game against the Spurs the first night shooting wise. And uh, I think we'd already talked to Bari and Baji and a couple other guys. And um, I was looking around like, that's weird. Scoot must be getting treatment. Cause sometimes when the guys come in later, they're usually getting treatment. He comes in, he is soaked. I mean, yep. so I'm like, Oh, he must've been in the sauna. And he 
kind of plops down in his chair and Jeremy's looking at him because I'm standing there right next to Jeremy talking to him and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just I got a workout in. I thought he like he went lifting. I was like, lifting after the game? Like, oh, all right, whatever. Like, good for you. There are some psychos in the NBA they that are. like, that's the regiment. Yep. Myers used to do that notoriously. Myers used to, oh, yeah, he'd go in there and house. He'd come just, in the locker room drenched and like yoked. He'd be like, yeah, geez, what were you doing? Which is why he looked the way he did. <laughs> Nobody could ever say the guy didn't work. That's for damn sure. No. Um, but uh, he's like, no, I got some shots up. And I'm like, you got like 400 shots up? Like, and it was, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, he's crazy, crazy. And he, he, like, he has, like, one of the things that I heard before the draft process is this kid works. Like, no, you know, he really works. And I was told the same thing about repair. Like, he, he's a grinder. Roops is a dude who's like, uh, the folks in Australia, there's a couple of guys that you know that worked in the NBA that work down there now that like they were like no BS he's like a Kobe mindset like he's a killer in the gym in mm. four o'clock in the morning first guy like Scoot has that mentality and it was kind of funny because Jeremy and I are both giving him crap yeah get those late night workouts in at 19 because that's gonna stop here real soon because <laughs> 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 they were on a back to back they're playing the Spurs the next night it was like Jeremy's like bro you can't be doing that. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Like that's, you 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 got eighty two of these things, young blood, young, young blood. You can't you can't do that. It's like I'll be all right. Jeremy and I looked at each other like, nice to be nineteen, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, um, this one from Michael. We got. By the way, we got a lot of questions here. I tried to condense some Groups of these. A lot of, of like, sure. Malk, Jeremy. Like yeah. we've kind of already answered some of these. Uh, this is a good one from Michael. I and I want to. Put this out real quick, okay? Because you and I have been on this for God knows how long at this point. Uh, you know, jokingly, but like kind of serious. We're not built for this. When we talk about tanking or not being very good, mm -hmm. the city's not built for it. We're no. the city of 22 consecutive playoff appearances, right? Like setting records. And even if we're not a real title contender, we still take pride in being in the playoffs and being in the dance. That has not happened now for them for a couple seasons. My brother-in-law is one of the biggest fans I know, like legitimately. And I asked him just the other day, I said, how much longer could you go through what is happening? And he looked at me dead honest and was like, I won't be able to get through next season if this is what it's going to be. And it, th that honestly yeah. surprised Like Danny, I'm not trying to exaggerate as big a Blazer fan as you know. And like they we're just not built for this no, kind of stuff. No, not because the team has always been good. The team has it's always, always been good. like four years. Yeah, you it's know, always been good. So there's like there's no there's no like understand like when people are like oh they need to tank and trace like I said this for years, literal years. You are not built for this. <laughs> You're not. You're a fan base that is fickle as hell. Yeah, and I think we've seen through Twitter this year, uh, or last year, I should say. You that lose your tough. mind. Your your coach isn't perfect, and you're just like, ah, fire him. And it doesn't matter who it is. And it's just like, yeah, you're not going to be able to handle losing 60 games. Well, That's Michael Ward asked, when when will the Blazers not suck? Honestly, it's the hard truth. It's the hard truth, most important metric. When will the Blazers not suck to you? I always said it's going to be a minimum of two years. It's going to be minimum a minimum of two years. This year and next year. Yeah. Okay. But after that, then the sucking should slow down. 
look, Oklahoma City Thunder won 20 and 22 games back-to-back years with S- with mm-hmm. SGA. They just beat the Celtics tonight. Yeah, big win. Number one team in the East. OKC, it, they're not going to make a run of the finals because first-time tiers just First time teams just don't do that. You have to learn. They got to go through it. You got to go through it. They are they are going to be reckoned with. Yes, but they sucked hard for two years. Mark Dagnall couldn't coach. Air quotes. I'm not saying that Chauncey's going to figure it out and put it all together and be this fantastic coach. I do know this. I know the players respond to him. I know the development of guys is happening right in front of your eyes. Like I, it, it just, it, it is what it is. You know, the, this process is a process, and being able to figure that out, eh, you know what it is. Shout out Jaden Coleman. I see him in the comments. He does uh, photography for the Blazers. Just want to give him love. It's my guy Jaden. Oh, okay. Like, I thought you were going to add something yeah. to it. No, uh, my- I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. He's a Laker fan, so. Uh, well, that's okay. Well, now you can block him from the chat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hate me throwing him on blast like that ah, every it's everybody knows a laker fan in their life um my only thing i would add to this you're probably right i keep looking at this western conference man and there's just so much questionable uncertainty in the bottom middle tier that like if you tell me by the end of next year they're flirting with a 10 seed flirting I won't be shocked. Uh, NBA Bo. I won't be shocked. NBA Bo, who does the the live reads for the top 10. Yes. Uh, he just tweeted this out. A modern history of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Suck, 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 suck. Holy freaking crap, they're great. Like that, the year <laughs> by year. Yeah. And that's, that's it. You have to suck a long time to get great. Yeah. The process Sixers, the, the 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 Thunder, they suck. The Clippers, they suck. Remember Devin Booker? I remember yeah. I was like, oh, empty stats, Devin Booker? Yep. They sucked? Yep. Remember, have a nice summer, Denver Nuggets? Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny when certain players, or you mentioned uh, Dagnaw from OKC Coaches, it's funny when the teams aren't good and it's like the opinions fly like, I remember Kevin Love in Minnesota. He oh, Kevin Love, love, empty stats. That is but, the yeah. empty stats. That is where they started. Kevin yes. Love averaging 13 or 30 and 20. <laughs> but then he goes to Cleveland and it was like, yo, they got a big three now. And you're like, wait, I thought you said I thought he, he said he sucked. <laughs> it's just like the minute things change, how quickly the narrative flip. That's basically it. A lot of like just trade related questions. Uh, the deadline is still a month away. And a lot of the questions that we ended up answering organically. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that was it, man. I, um, I did want to give a quick shout out. I know I did it earlier. Hiking is killing it. He's doing a great job. You guys have been at everything this year. There's a lot of good coverage for the Blazers. Uh, obviously, you know, our guys quick is doing a great job as usual. Uh, Richmond's killing it. As usual. Yeah. As usual. Come on. What are we, what are we doing here? Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody covering the Blazers, including yourself. You guys are doing an exceptional job. Uh, Brooke, Kevin, Lamar, like, great job. I've heard a couple games. Kevin last night was great when, when like, they shifted into the deep bench, the closers. Hey, you know what? This is part of the process. You know, it's like, it's 
it's going to be a rough I, year, and this is where the this is where you turn the coal into diamonds. And I was like, oh, Kev's just leaning in now. I love it. I feel like Kev is waiting for the right game to go what we would call in radio completely sideways. He's oh, yeah. waiting for the game where they're getting blown out by 45, and he's not to trying pull out to win all of the it. stories. And he's like, Lamar, would you rather? And he just starts rattling off things just to get like talking about anything. Because it, it's it, look, it's probably going to happen on this road trip. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame him, by the way. Like, no. he, that's not an easy job, brother. Not an easy job no. right now. When things are not going well, and you got to do it for a couple hours, you can't shine that turd for long. And no, that's the thing. When they're young. If you look at the profile, according to Cleaning the Glass, Portland is, is slated to win 25 games based on their metrics. Yep. That's a long season. <laughs> they played and, 82 And, and we are in the dog days where they have, yeah. what, 11 games on the road here? That's a 15-day trip, 11 games. and like Yeah, it's... No, in, like, in the month of January, I think they have 11 road games. Oh, yeah. Well, like, what's this brutal. road trip, isn't it? Yeah, they have something... six, seven on this trip, then I think they have, might be 12 road games. And I think they have, an, they have another trip. It's a, like a six-game trip um, that might go into February. But either way, like the, the schedule kicks them in the teeth the next two mm. months. And it's mm. like, oh, yikes. So, you know, uh, shout out to those guys because they do a fantastic job. Yeah, I, not an easy I, job at all. No, I, and I love talking to Kevin Lamar. We, so I, I, a little peek behind the curtain, I guess. Um, I leave the bowl and go into the media room at halftime every game just to get up and move because my hips yeah. feel like they're going to break. And I always, Casey will always stop me. So, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the games are the, mo- are the most fun or when he doesn't ask me what I think and he tells me what he thinks right away. <laughs> and I'm like, go on. Hey, he just said he was a bit, he was watching one of the McAfee broadcasts for the college playoff games. Mm-hmm. We need to get like unfiltered KC. Oh, unfiltered KC, the world is not ready for. I mean, I don't, yeah, he I got is Ricky. So good. I got Blazer questions. I got Ricky Pierce questions. Oh, yeah. I've got questions for days oh, with KC. KC is the guys you want to have a little <laughs> wit with. And oh, yes. A hundred percent. Yes. hundred percent. So that like for just sure. fantastic stuff. Uh, that's all I got, man. Uh, right. that, thank you for all the questions and yeah, really good stuff. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for getting your questions in. Like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show as always. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Give the gift. Give the gift that keeps on giving. Doesn't have to wait for Christmas. You can always share the Jack Ramsey's podcast with your friends year round. That's my, that's my uh, infomercial voice there. I like it. Um, you can find us across social media at Danny Brink, at Brandon's Break, at Jack Ramsey's. Email the show Ramsey's at gmail.com. Um, uh, and again, thank you all so very much. We didn't do a show during the holidays because I'm not going to make you guys do that. Uh, that's Richmond's world. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, I it. turn that podcast on and I kind of chuck on. I go, I'm glad he's doing it. Uh, yeah. So I, he was at the Spurs game and Baji went off and I go, that's at least a whole segment. He goes, you're damn right. It is. That might be the whole podcast. <laughs> he didn't lead with it. Credit to him. Credit to him. He didn't lead with it. Um, don't get me wrong. I love doing this. I genuinely do. And we're going to do more of them uh, between me feeling like crap and the holidays. December was a light month. Uh, for all of the Patreon members, you will get two film sessions in January uh, because December, I was not going to try to schedule that in. Hey, come spend an hour with me. Ah. <laughs> so uh, that'll be coming up. Uh, we will have Casey Holdall joining us from the road on this road trip. Uh, Yo, shout out C-Hole. C-Hole will be joining us for sure. 
um, and probably one of the kids, probably fingers oh, crossed. Okay. Uh, and Aunt told me he will come on sometime this month as they they just going to be on the road a ton. He's not going to have much to do, so. Mm. Uh, we'll get Ant on as well. So thank you all. That's what's coming up. Uh, I've got some stuff dropping on the Patreon here in the next couple days that I've been hold, kind of holding back because I wanted to see how Scoot did. Um, and I guess this is a good place as anywhere to tease this. Um, I have a long form uh, article coming on the Patreon uh, that will be a uh, very long sit down with Scoot. Oh, hello. Yeah. So. Well, sc- a little Scoot Henderson, huh? yeah. a little Scoot. So I'll sit down with Scoot, and the the plan is to to do a very long form like I did I love it. over uh, the Dame Trade Saga. So great um, with basically the first third of the season, um, what that has kind of been for him. So that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Other than that, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care. Talk soon, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.